0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolfe, alongside Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, Kevin Wilds, and gentlemen, after a whirlwind of a day yesterday, it looks like we will indeed be crowning an NBA champion after all, just not quite yet. That is our top story this morning. That is where we start. The NBA players have reached a decision to resume the NBA playoffs. There was doubt earlier this week. After the Milwaukee Bucks boycotted game five in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake by police in their home state of Wisconsin, the NBA then canceled the remainder of Wednesday's and Thursday's schedules. But yesterday, the players voted there will be postseason basketball after all. All right, Nick, what was your reaction to how all of yesterday unfolded?
1: Well, listen, first and foremost, selfishly, I, I'm very glad the NBA is going to resume the season. I, th- and that is nothing to set apart from what they are working toward, towards and what hopefully a critical mass of our country is working towards in making our nation a little more fair and a little more just. But I, it, speaking for myself and I think for a lot of people, one of the few pieces of enjoyment I've gotten in 2020 is watching professional basketball particularly the playoffs and we were concerned for months we weren't going to get the playoffs and then to have them and then to potentially have them removed it would have just been another gut punch in a year that's been full of them and and Brandon I'll I'll say that's for me but also for the players I do think and they listen they're very smart people Michelle Roberts Chris Paul LeBron James everybody in leadership positions knows this but I don't know if the audience does if they had walked the repercussions of that could have been felt for years it would have voided the CBA that owners would have almost assuredly locked the players out we all of a sudden we could be in a position where we weren't just not getting this year's playoffs we might have been in a position where we weren't getting next year's season. And so while I understand what the players are fighting for, it would have been such a drastic step, and I don't want to call it impulsive, but they would have had to make it so quickly in just a matter of hours from we're playing to we're not playing that I think, I think it's best for the league, the players, and the fans, obviously, Brandon, that the games are coming back
2: yeah Nick i i'm I'm right there with you. I was relieved uh when I, when the news broke that the NBA was going to return to play. Uh, but for your first point, Nick, I mean 2020 is hard for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're this big real estate man or woman, uh you know powerful person in, in in business that can travel the world and do so many things. Well, you can't now. you can't travel. you can't go to your favorite restaurants like if I'm being just brutally honest. Life sucks for everyone in 2020. And basketball, sports, entertainment has always been a place to escape. So I was relieved there uh, because we need some place to go. And then I think about this. This is not their job. It is their responsibility to do well with their platform, but it's not their job. There are people, men and women, who get paid to do the things that they're doing now. So I don't like... This Whole narrative and this whole uh, approach now that you know it's the athlete's job, the NFL player, the WNBA player, the NBA player's job. Yep. Correct, that's not right. This is like I want them to get back to doing what they love, right? So, selfishly, yes, we need that escape, but get back to doing what you love. And then I also thought about this yesterday because uh, one of my ex teammates, Brian Urlacher, tweeted or sent out an Instagram post mm-hmm. giving his comments on, on on the current state of our country and what's going on around police brutality. Um, I found myself going down this rabbit hole for the very first time. A lot of people won't believe this, but I've never ever followed any blogs or any type of headlines or any comments that was just negative driven. And and when I I went to his page to see if this was the guy that I followed for for a few years and looked up to, because when I talk about leadership, there's the first person to come to my mind, and the first person I I talk about is Brian Urlacher and the Chicago Bears, and then it's the New England Patriots. So I I run to his page, and I read his comment, and then I said, well, this cannot be. This is not the guy I know. So I go down to the comment section, and I want to say, who is entertaining this? And there was this one guy, I had no clue who he was. I clicked on his page, he had a little blue check. And then I'm following this guy and I'm I'm reading his things and something disturbing happened for me. I saw literally neighbors, people that live next door to me liking some of these negative driven posts. Posts talking about arm yourselves, kill people. And I'm seeing my ex teammates like these things. And I'm like, wow, I've never been, I've never needed to be validated before when it came to this because I I, I live it. I experience it every day, all the time, since I was a little boy. So I never needed to follow anyone to hear from anyone to tell me that these things that are happening is true. So for me, this was the very first time that I was actually able to see that I'm living with people, doing life with people, that feels differently about that way me. about you. That feels and, that, 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 that don't and, and value you the way you should be valued. Yeah, so so I'm relieved that the NBA is back, but I also understand the weight of the world being placed on them right now. It's not fair. Um and, and, and seeing my ex-teammate Brian Orlacher and his comments. Uh, was very disturbing for me, but it wasn't even about him because I went to another page and I saw this other guy who's, who's making a living off of just these negative comments and these negative posts and seeing ex-teammates and then also neighbors like his th- his things. And this is why I understand why these guys walked yesterday.
0: Sure. Kevin, what was your reaction to everything that happened yesterday?
3: Um, my reaction was one of great empathy and in the same ballpark as Brandon I was taken aback by some of the comments that I saw online and one of the things I saw multiple times was what is this going to do what is this protest going to do and I had two reactions to that One, my first reaction was just to dismiss those comments out of hand, that those people should just be written off. If you don't get it, you don't get it, and and just be written off. And then I thought, my other side was like, well, maybe that is coming from a place of a lack of understanding. And And I wanted to illustrate what I think these protests have done, what we know and what we don't know. So what we know, and this goes back to Kaepernick that changed the tenor of policing um, reform around the country. And this is just and there's countless. This is from American Progress and there's lots, but I'm just going to illustrate a, a few to make my point. Sacramento City Council approved an inspector general to investigate police m- misconduct. Washington DC DC passed legislation bans the hiring of officers with a history of misconduct. New York City launched a database to track discipline cases. Utah's governor put a ban on chokeholds. Olympia, Washington, now dispatches uh, crisis responders to non-violent situations. So if anyone says, I don't know if any of those things happen without a change in attitude in the country that, of course, is built on uh, the backs of of Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali, but most recently Colin Kaepernick. So I think those are are things that we know that we can point to, that if you're in the comment section, these are real things that are happening, and that's why these protests matter. The other part of this is a little bit more of a, a creative uh, thinking exercise, and you're not going to hear anything like this in any other sports show. And it's going to be a little bit weird, but it, I trust you. Trust me, if if you get through this next two minutes story, Nick, and I'll use you as a barometer. I think it will help view the put the protests in a historical sense. Because right now, I said yesterday that these protests. We're making history, but we're right there. We we we're, we're 24 hours later. We we we're too close to it. We don't know what it is. And Stephen Johnson wrote a great book it's called How We Got to Now. And he has this chapter on clean. And this is where this is you got to follow me here. Chapter on clean describes a cholera outbreak in London. And a guy named John Snow, not Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, just a guy named John Throw, John Snow. Everybody thought it was in the air. John Snow did some research, was the first uh, epidemiologist, said, you know what, it's not in the air, It's it's in water. And he traced it to a water pump and basically solved cholera and helped propel germ theory and made clean drinking water the foundation of health. From there, people are like, all right, how do we get clean drinking water? How do we kill bacteria in the water? Okay, we get chlorine. Once you got chlorine, you know what you can get? Swimming pools and then there's a bunch of swimming pools. You didn't have swimming pools, they are called moats. We got a bunch of swimming pools. Then there a drought in California, and get Tony Hawk's walking by, said, oh, that swimming pool's drained because there's a drought, I'm gonna skateboard in it. So it's a long way of saying, the guy who discovered cholera and cured cholera also, in a way, made Tony Hawk's skateboard. So the reason why I tell the story is this. We saw a historic moment yesterday, but you have no way of knowing how that historic moment is going to reverberate through history. It's exactly right. Unless you can tell me exactly what right. my son is going to be in, in 50 years, when we're looking at the TV and says, Dad, why does it say I'm a man? Why does it say education reform? Why does it say say your name? And he's six years old. So unless you can tell me what my son is going to be like and how his life is changing in 60 years old, you can't say that these protests are not doing anything. There's specific legislation happening, and the future is brighter because of what the NBA players did yesterday.
1: Well, A. Wilds, if I'm the barometer, I, I, I give that an A+. I think it was per- you could follow it perfectly, and I was excited to follow you down the path. That's first of all. Second of all, the, it, I'll tell you what in the in the micro and then in the macro, what yesterday did. Here's what the micro did. Brandon Marshall, a week or so ago, a few weeks ago, was racially profiled, at least I believe, and had the cops called him for no, good, for no good reason. He kept that story to himself or only told the closest people around him. Yesterday, because we were doing the show we were doing, instead of talking about Lakers Blazers, he told that story publicly. He then shared the video, right. and I, there, is a, there is a real chance that that moved some people. I I shared, you know, my stories of parenting, my family, and there's a chance that moved some people. So that is right. filling up the awareness bucket. So there's two, when it comes to issues, and it might be easier for people to think about it like this, uh, police brutality, think about it as an epidemic, it, it, you use a somewhat messy metaphor, think of breast cancer. Breast cancer for a long time was stigmatized, didn't have the proper funding, people didn't totally understand it. So there was a massive campaign for what? Breast cancer awareness. And we have gotten to a point to where the breast cancer awareness bucket is basically full. People are very aware of it. And now you start filling up the breast cancer treatment bucket, the best breast cancer cure bucket. And that is where I believe the NBA players are trying to move this. That's why they're calling attorney generals. That's why they're calling state legislatures. Okay, five months ago, no one knew what qualified immunity was. Now, check the Google trends. It went from never being Googled to being Googled all the time. So now awareness has been raised. But now that people are aware of this issue, for those folks that actually think it's an issue, don't think it's a quality attribute of policing, now we need to move it to action. And so that's what I think the NBA guys are trying to do. You can't do it overnight. But even even if it is just Brandon's story gets told, the story I told, the story, was, what mm-hmm. we've seen it from so many guys that were on television yesterday, did right. great jobs with it, uh, Chris Webbers, all of it. Even if it's just that, there is a benefit from it. But the real benefit comes when action comes and maybe, you know, maybe I'm naive and maybe I'm an optimist, but I do believe some of that action has already come to Wilde's point, Jenna, and I do believe more mm-hmm. could be coming down the road over the next not just few months, but years.
0: It's a great point by all of you. We wow. spend so much time trying to quickly turn things around. Well, what statement did it make? Well, what does it mean? Well, we're too close to it now. If we could just take some time and separate ourselves from it and see that the conversation will lead to, as Nick said, filling up that treatment bucket. I think we'll all be in a better place. All right, now that the schedule is back on in the NBA, we actually have some basketball to break down. Clippers, Mavericks on the other side. This is First Things First. For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, home might also be where you do your hiring that's where zip recruiter comes in zip recruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place ziprecruiter.com slash approach no matter where you're hiring from zip recruiter does the work for you how well zip recruiters matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, first things first listeners, can go to ziprecruiter.com ziprecruiter.com/approach, approach. That's ziprecruiter.com approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are talking basketball because the big story this morning, there will be basketball. That after the players voted to resume the postseason, Clippers head coach Doc Rivers talked about how excited his players are to get back on the court, saying, quote, They're really looking forward to it. Yesterday was a very difficult day, though. Like their emotions were all over the place. They thought it was over. It was just a really tough day for all of them. The irony, considering the Clippers were one of two teams who voted to boycott the remainder of the season. But Brandon, I'll start with you. What was your reaction to what Doc Rivers had to say?
2: You know, I just thought about the locker room and in uh, and my journey through the NFL. And one of the things that I had to learn, and it took me probably five to six years to get this, was every guy is different. You know, every guy uh, approaches success differently, failure differently, and even this situation. We've never dealt with this before. Not us, uh, as media members, athletes have never done with this. So we don't know how these guys are going to respond. But I do know how we're all trained. And I think it's a microcosm of society. Like, we're all trained to stay in this, this, this space of peak performance. So guys going from not playing to playing they're actually trained for this moment to be able to eliminate distractions and move forward. Now, how is everyone gonna deal with it? I don't know, we saw this play out with Paul George being in the bubble. So I really believe that we're gonna to have to take it uh, case by case, guy by guy, but they're trained for this moment. You have to think about that. No matter what's going on off the court, With your relationships, uh, your family leading up to the game, after the game, uh, you know, what's going on with your body. We literally train every single day to stay in this space of peak performance. You need to be right here to unlock your full potential as an athlete. So seeing these guys go from not playing to playing in this moment, I truly believe we're going to see the ones who are mentally strong, mentally tough uh,
1: rise to the top. Well, Brandon, I wanna I wanna kick something back to you because I when I saw Doc's comments, I thought about Paul George and his comments on what he's been struggling mm-hmm. with. And but but before I ask you the question, I just kinda wanna debunk something you hear not only from some fans, but some commentators, yeah. which is man, you're rich and you're famous, quit whining. You're at a you're at a resort, quit that it that shows such a fundamental misunderstanding. not only how mental health works, but how the human condition works. You normalize your circumstances. So, like, if you, if you, there are folks who the only thing they want in the world is air conditioning in their home. They feel like, man, if I could just have AC, everything would be so much better. And they get it. And six months later, guess what? There is something else they need because they've normalized the fact that this is what they have. And so I say that to say this. I'm not saying money doesn't solve an immense amount of issues. But these NBA guys went into the bubble rich and famous. So being rich and famous doesn't affect their mental condition while they're there because that's been normalized. And nothing that's happened in 2020 is normal for any of us. So these guys, they're dealing with all the issues all of us are dealing with in 2020, and they're removed from their family, and they're seeing broadcasts on television and on their phones brutality against people that look a hell of a lot like them, and they're seeing the running commentary of folks confirming we actually don't care about you as people. And, and, all and of Nick, that... And Nick, and the, Nick... Yeah, please... And, and, and that and that's and that's why we're seeing
2: these guys make this decision because we're normalizing putting these guys on a pedestal and saying that you're not human that you are superhuman, and we can celebrate you when you play but we can't celebrate you when someone gets gunned down in your community like that's the problem and that's where i, where I believe a lot of these guys in all sports, and women in all sports, feel almost guilty for playing right now because we can celebrate them on the court. We can celebrate Odell Beckham Jr. when he catch a touchdown, but can we celebrate and march with him and, 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 and pick them up when someone's being brutally beaten in the street or their knee is on their neck? And I think that's the issue that a lot of these guys are facing right now, and that's why the Clippers and the Lakers walked out the way they did.
3: Brandon, in your athletic history, was a coach ever an influence on your mindset if you could have gone either way? Because I think we're in uncharted territory here, obviously. Um, it's very emotional, and it's been a, a stressful time um, for everyone in the bubble. And when you try to look at some historical precedent, there's examples on both sides, right? So, like, the after Kobe's tragic passing... Damian Lillard came out and scored 48 points, but Melo couldn't play. And we've seen like Brett Favre's father die and, and, and had an amazing game. We saw Rusco 2020 after Nipsey was murdered. So, I think that Doc Rivers, in the leadership position that he has had, um, not only in the bubble, but but you know, dating back to how he handled Donald Sterling and and. and, and galvanizing the Clippers team so I guess the question I have to you is what role does does Doc Rivers play in supporting his players it's everything and this is what we're going this
2: is what are this is the moment we're going to see leadership rise to the top go back to 2016 we talked about it yesterday cap takes a knee for the very first time I walk into the facility I'm angry I'm pissed off I'm confused, I don't know what to say. I uh, pull out my phone. I'm listening to all these reports and reading all these reports. I go into Coach Todd Bowles' office, and I'm saying, Coach, what are we gonna do? And I'm, I'm almost so passionate that I'm yelling at him, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do? Now mind you, this is the head coach of our team, and he's a black man. And he sits me down, and he says, Brandon, the power is in the position, all right? So let's educate ourselves first before we make any rash decisions, before we react and not respond. What, what Coach Bowles did after that this was displayed throughout the entire year. What our team did, we were one, we were unified because of how Todd Bowles set the tempo from day one. He came in that meeting mm-hmm. room and said, this is what we're going to do. And we respected that because it came from a man that we respected. A man that understood where we stood. So I go back to that moment and just think about how, how amazing Coach Bowles handled that. Because we have Nick Mangold, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We had Dar- Darrell Rivas, Antonio Cromartie, uh, Eric Decker. I said him already. Uh, we all sat together in a hot tub and talked about how do we come together. I asked Nick. I said, Nick, do you not understand that these things are happening in our community? Nick said, Brandon, I've never experienced it, but I'm willing to listen. I said, Nick, why are you so passionate about uh, the men and women who serve? Like, this is what you do. Your foundation is built around it. And he explained to me why. And I was able to listen to him because I respected him as my teammate and because he listened to me. And our team, because of that, moment that coach bowl gave up, coach bowls gave us we we're able to move forward unified so i think this is what we're seeing in basketball we're not seeing this in football right now in the nfl which we need to figure this out because if this continues to happen and it will what are we going to do as football players we just saw this yesterday only nine out of the 32 teams did something when are we going to unify when are we going to come together the nba is setting an example and the standard for us right now
1: And it also speaks to, and I'll I'll be very quick here, this is one of the reasons when we talk about the need for the coaching ranks and the executive ranks to look somewhat similar to the player ranks, that that's not just something you want to do because it's the right thing, but because it has a tangible, real effect on your ability to perform. The the NBA, Nate McMillan just got fired, the NBA, an overwhelmingly black league, Alvin Gentry fired, Nate McMillan fired, I think we're down to five black head coaches. We Doc's one of them though. We also know in the NFL obviously minority head coaches has been not only a major issue for years but it seems to be going in the wrong direction instead of in the right direction. When you're trying to reach people not just as athletes but as people, as a leader, shared experiences are usually a common ground. And so we, it's not just that you should want to have diverse leadership and coaching ranks because it is a good thing to, you know, be able to put on a mission statement of a franchise. It's also because it tangibly helps you activate your players yes. and and <laughs> f- be connected to your players. And so I mean and I'm not saying a white coach can't relate to his players, but there are you you need to have that type of room on when the real world encroaches on sports and I think that is an important element to this as well, Jenna. All
0: right, well we're gonna have much more on the Clippers side of it, where they go from here, and the basketball angles coming up in a little bit. We're gonna take a turn, talk some football. Brandon, you wanted football, we will give you football. A very humbled Cam Newton settling quite nicely to the Patriot way. First things first.
2: (laughs) About time.
0: The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragon, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now, it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. Welcome back. So it may be year 10 in the NFL for Cam Newton, but it is a very resounding year one for him in New England. Lots to learn for Cam as he takes control of a new offense, a new system, a new way of life up there in Foxborough. Take a listen. I'm
3: curious, Do you feel as though the starting quarterback job
4: is yours right now? Absolutely not um every day is a work day for me and I'm that that label is not important to me right now because I know I have so much to that I need to get better at so much that I need to learn so much that I need to be comfortable with and throughout this process that's the last thing that I'm pretty much worried about um, knowing that you know there are certain things when I come to the line of scrimmage and it's just not as firing mentally as I would want it to be rather than other plays that that, that may be called. And I see, you know, a person like uh, Hoyster go to the line and he's just as sharp as it could be. And, you know, from me asking him questions and he answered them and, uh, you know, Stitty and things like that, there's there's things that I know I need to be become better at and if, until I get those things done, you know, none, everything else is irrelevant.
0: Look at the card. I didn't know he right, had cards Brandon, in the That, hat too. that, yes. <laughs> that yeah. is Ace a. Ace King. Ace King in the hat. side of the hat. It's a. I guys, it. It's, it's oh, a oh, oh. Tremendous excited. I got too excited. point. Tremendous. I. I fell in love with Cam Newton during this press conference. He was okay. humbled, okay. and That's he so got weird. it, and he understand Nick, Nick, <laughs> let me just tell you, this is the only <laughs> thing I wanted from Cam. I he deserves it, but let him earn it. That's all I've been saying this whole time. He deserves the position. Jeff? Let him go out there and earn it. It's still a bad hat. Go ahead. Mm. What? She- what? Jeff? I had to get that off my chest.
3: Jeff. Jack. Yeah. Check your mailbox in one week. We got another Cam jersey coming to you. Nick got one. Now I get you're getting a one too. Brandon, you're next. I, oh, see, yep, I earned up, it, Kevin. Up. And for the kids.
0: I earned that jersey. <laughs> yes, this all is right, a- Brandon. Sorry. Jenna. We had to get all that dirty laundry out of the way. Go ahead. What'd you think of what, what Cam had to say? Listen,
2: this isn't about Cam Newton. This was all about Bill Belichick. And I absolutely love this. Following Cam this entire offseason was a roller coaster because I, too, like you, wanted Cam to feel humility or, or think yes. that he's going to be feeling it for the very first time. So when he gets cut, yes. when you go from Superman to being cut, that can really humble you. And the way he approached his offseason, I felt was phenomenal. Then he gets the job. Once he got the job, the first thing he posted was, I'm, re- I'm releasing old Cam, Cam is back, they're taking advantage of me. And I was like, no, don't go that way, Cam, because I wanted to see this guy who already lives with a chip exactly. on his shoulder with an even bigger chip on his shoulder, but with humility. So I just thought, well, no, see- we're going to see it, the same old Cam, right? But then, if you listen closely, you hear Cam and you're like, wow, is this Cam or is this Bill Belichick getting to Cam? Because what I imagine is Bill Belichick walking in to the, the team meeting, uh, putting on uh, the, you know, on the screen uh, the picture of Superman and Batman and like, guys, what are we doing here? We haven't done anything. Like, you haven't won anything. And Cam, come on, man, you just got here. You don't even know how to call X-Pop Z's prick. Come on, Cam. So then, what happens with the, in the Patriots organization, this is what they call the Patriots way. It's a, called a cascading oh, yeah. of communication. Whatever Bill Belichick says in front of the team, then the players start to say. You see Edelman, you see Tom Brady, you see Gronk. You see the defensive guys they start, start saying say the same thing. And this and is what Jenna I see in Cam is he finally get it. So I'm excited for Cam. I think this could be one of the be- be- best years he's ever had because... He's not only a superstar talent, but he's now getting the, uh, the coaching that's going to take his game to a whole nother level. I'm so, excited. So, so I here's it. the thing. I'm with you. I go happen, ahead, Nick. I happen go.
1: to believe false humility is way overrated, but people eat it up, as evidenced by this show. <laughs> so fine, good for him. Oh, uh, please! But this is a great example, Wilds, of Cam falling right into the Patriot way. Which is oh, two yeah. parts say nothing and one part lie through your teeth. It's a tried and true method for the Patriots, and it's worked out quite well. Cam uh, knows he's the starter. It's like, Super Bowls. like, listen, Bri- Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is one and eleven since 2015. Has thrown 65 passes in the last two full seasons, and Stidham. Super Bowl is, champion Brian Hoyer. How do you put this kindly? Jared Stidham <laughs> is Jared Stidham. So Cam Newton is the starter, but he is doing the right thing because of the organization that he's in, Wilds, which is to say, hey, I haven't earned it yet. I still got to go check with Hoyer about the calls at the line of scrimmage. And then he was nice and he threw Stidham in there too. He's like, and I ask him occasionally, like, where's good to eat around here? Because maybe you can help me with that. Oh, but like, so come this on. is this is like what so. He's saying the right things, but it is an impossibility, Wilds, that a healthy Cam Newton is not your starter week one against the Miami Dolphins. Well, I, I, I
3: appreciate all those nice things that you said about Cam Newton and uh, the reigning dynasty in all of sports, the Patriots. I'd be a little bit nervous if I were you, though, Nick, because I know you think you can compartmentalize. Say, oh, well, the Patriots over here, but the Chiefs are on this little mountaintop. They don't they they don't need to worry about the Patriots. Well, you do, my friend, because everybody that's just another thing that's been wrong. And I've been two months. Two months and I've heard several wrong answers of what was going to work. And if we could play some music, some game show music, I'll tell you what's gonna happen as we go through these cam timelines. One of them was like, hey, that's not even there yet, but sure. I'll get to that in a second. The first one was, hey, is Cam, the Bill Belichick is going to tank. Wrong! They're projected to have nine wins, third most in the AFC. Hey, there's no money for Cam, Nick. Remember that old fallacy? Nope, Cam signed for $5.50. How about this one? Stidham is the heir. (laughs) Mm, Incorrect. Sorry. Bill Belichick (laughs) loves to win more than he loves to just give people the job. Here's another one we heard a lot about. Cam needs the promise to start judges ain't wrong again he competed in blind college i told you and he was asked today do you feel like the quarterback he said absolutely not how about this I one wouldn't, absolutely wouldn't not. mesh with belichick remember that one jenna he wouldn't mesh with belichick wouldn't it wouldn't mesh wouldn't mesh with McDaniel. Now he's
0: speaking like belichick survey says
3: another one wrong another one wrong he's the first one in the building and bill belichick said he's very impressed which coming from Bill Belichick is like the feel the dream scene where it's like, hey, want to have a catch? And you say yes. Just you cry, (laughs) Bill Belichick ever says he's very impressed with you. It's the top of the mind. And now we're going to end where we started. People didn't think Edelman would fall in love with uh, Cam like he fell in love with Brady. Wrong! Two superheroes, Nick. Two Hall of Famers coming up. So I feel very good. And I think you should be
1: more worried about the Chiefs than you're willing to admit. Brandon, were you you surprised... That, that was Cam, great, that, that, I love you that. You seem surprised that Cam is displaying the Patriot way like this, at least through his press conferences. Oh. Are you surprised by it? No. No, no, because be- I've really been
2: tracking Cam all offseason, and-, and I wanted to figure out where his head was, and I was excited for what he could possibly do next. But I'm not surprised because Cam, players, all we want is someone that's going to give us a chance just give us a chance to be successful, unlock my full potential, win the game in the fourth quarter. That's all we want. He knows he's going to get that at Bill Belichick, so he's going to listen to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick will coach him the same way he coached Tom Brady. If you make a mistake, you're going to get called out in a team meeting. If you fumble the ball, you you jump off sides, just take a lap. We're seeing that already, and this is why Cam has an opportunity to take his game to a whole nother level. He's still,
1: what, 32 or something? He's a young guy. Yeah, exactly right. And And Wilds, while your presentation there was spectacular, one thing that I think you (laughs) will acknowledge is that all of those prognostications that you were listing off that the general public had made, you know who was on the other side of all of them? This guy. The two Patriots, the Patriots fans on the show you and, Cam, and me buddy I, well, No I'm not a Patriot fan but you and all me. Along, two, pa- two pieces in the pod you right I said Cam was no, going right to go here. there Superman all Batman. along I said <laughs> the Patriots would never the Patriots would never tank so I so uh, I say that to say this and now I will also be proven correct on this final Patriots prognostication which is they are not in the Chiefs class buddy Listen, it's a it's okay. a good story, and I'm happy for Cam, and I'm Hold glad he's going to be able to Hold rebuild on. his val. Oh, you think they can be in the Chiefs' class? Right. Brandon? You guys won one Super Bowl, and all of, now all of a sudden
2: you you you're dethroning the Patriots.
0: They dethrone
1: themselves gosh, when, when you friend. throw a pick six to lose I, in the we, wild
0: card round. You're dethroned. That's hey, how.
1: That's the rules. It's the, in the dynasty dynasty rules right find here.
0: find out in 13 days that's when the nfl gets underway so oh momentarily we will see who is right hey chris broussard joins us on the other side we gotta talk some basketball this is first things first
5: support for this podcast comes from the it experts at cdw people who get it at cdw we get the future workplace works differently Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office.
3: Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building?
5: Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at CDW.com slash future of work
0: back here this morning talking basketball with Chris Broussard Broussard we almost weren't talking basketball after the Bucks boycotted game five after the NBA canceled Wednesday night's games in the name of social justice but yesterday the players reached a decision to in fact resume the playoffs either today or Saturday the league's still figuring out the schedule but Chris what was your reaction to how all of yesterday unfolded
6: well Obviously, the basketball fan in me, is, as in all of us, is excited that the games are going to be played. It's just been terrific basketball in the bubble. And so I'm happy about that, as I'm sure everybody else is. Um, but I, I support the players in their decision to come back. And I dispute the notion that's out there that they got nothing accomplished because they're going to play, you know, after, a what, two, maybe three-day boycott. I would say, number one... They put the owners, the commissioner, the corporate sponsors and the networks on notice that we will go there, that the nuclear option of walking out is now on the table. And if we don't, you know, going forward, if things don't change, we are willing to go here. And we saw what the ramifications could be, not just in the NBA, but this could spread to Major League Baseball and maybe even the granddaddy of them all the NFL, and then you were talking about really being able to make some real change and and throwing upheaval into the world of sports and even business. So I think that was achieved. Secondly, when you look at tangible possible results, the Milwaukee Bucks were on the phone with the attorney general and lieutenant governor of Wisconsin, and they joined the governor in calling for the Wisconsin legislature to start meeting next week on Monday to look at a police reform bill that's been on the table for more than a month mm-hmm. and hasn't been looked at. So if that is achieved, that is a tangible change and result that you can trace directly to the Bucks' decision uh, a few days ago to not play. So, And then, of course, getting the owners involved. <laughs> if the players can get the owners to support them as equal partners in this fight for just- justice and not just supportive bystanders, then that also could be a win. So I think that some good has come out of this and will come out of it. So again, I support the players.
1: So here's the thing. The folks who are most adamant that the NBA players accomplish nothing by returning, many of those folks are the same people who are most adamant that they shouldn't have stopped playing to begin with. And so All we right. can try to, we can try to combat these folks with logic with facts like okay the nba players boycott all of a sudden then the baltimore ravens one of the most powerful corporations in the state yeah. of maryland releases a statement that is calling for the arrest of brianna taylor's killers calling for the end of qualified immunity there is, that didn't come out of thin air that was the the product of us light being shine even brighter on what's going on thanks to the players boycott but here's the problem And this is where it is tough at times, and I don't mean to say, this is going to sound arrogant, but I don't mean it to. This is where it's tough being on the right side of history, is the folks that you're arguing with are so shameless. They don't need any level of consistency. They don't need to not be hypocritical. They can in the same breath explain why it is the the, the, the reason the second amendment is so sacrosanct is because you have to be able to protect yourself against an oppressive government and later that day support the oppressive government. Like there is no level of like, well, wait, hold on a second there, sir. I think there's a hole in your logic. Because the logic is, if you're loud and black and you stand up for yourself, I'm against you. And so the folks that are mad at the NBA, of course they are. They they spent a few weeks pretending they cared about the horrors in China, which was a good break from them pretending they cared about the horrors in Chicago. They don't actually care about those things. It's just a way to silence black people. And so I I think it is important to... It's hard to dismiss... You know tens of millions of people, but on this issue i, I don 't care what they think because what they think is what does lebron think i 'm on the other side lebron 's not going to play, they should play oh he 's coming back coward why didn 't you quit it's all and, and it 's not just Lebron just using him as a as an example, right. and so I think that 's what 's happening here, and Brandon, I think a lot was accomplished simply by stories like the one you told yesterday. Being out in the public eye and potentially moving some of the people that are somewhat in the middle on this issue.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I was relieved that the, the guys made the decision to go back. And the reason why is because of everything that's going on. Chris, sport and entertainment has always been an escape for us since day one. And now we're throwing our athletes to the forefront of this discussion and say, listen, it was your responsibility, but now it's your job. And I just don't agree with that. I think we need to be responsible with the platform we've been given, but we literally pay men and women to do this job every single day. They are making a career out of this. So to ask our guys to carry this burden by themselves and our women, it's just not fair. Okay. But I will say this, they're doing a phenomenal job. If I'm them, I, I embrace this moment. I play my brand of basketball. I go lights out. If I'm LeBron James, I drop 60 tonight, and then I push the conversation back in the forefront. Because now the entire world, the intention is surrounding this bubble. This is the moment for you guys. But play basketball, use this to continue to push the conversation forward. Now, after being relieved, I, I turn on my phone and my phone is being blown up. I got all my ex uh, Chicago Bears teammates hit me up about Brian Urlacher, a guy that I've always used as the example of true leadership. A guy that I say, not all these people on my wall, out of all these guys, and I got over 100 jerseys. The one guy that I say, I got Larry Fitzgerald right here. Or, sorry, on the other side. Larry Fitzgerald.
6: There you go. This, <laughs> is,
2: this is the ultimate pro. Yeah, I this do is that the ultimate the time pro. But out of all of these guys, the one person that I always highlight is Brian Urlacher because of his, how he leads. And then this guy stands up and says something like that and divides us even more. And it made me go down this rabbit hole that I've never gone down before. I've never followed any negative blogs. I never even read any negative comments because it's a waste of time. Never done it. And then I'm reading the comments underneath him I'm saying, who is entertaining this? And I find this one guy got a little blue check and I go to his post. He has like 100,000 followers and all of these people are following this guy. And he's literally telling people to arm themselves and then be violent. And then I see my neighbor. This is this is real. I see my neighbor like his post. I see ex teammates like his post. And that was the scariest thing for me because I never realized that I'm living in, in the locker room with guys that feel this type of way. And that, to me, is why these guys walked away. Because they're probably reading these things every single day and understanding yeah. the comments, so it's, it's, it's awesome that they're back, but I can only imagine the pressure that they may feel and the guilt for playing basketball while black people are being gunned down in the streets. This is a, mo- this is a big moment for these guys. Embrace it, play your brand of basketball, and push the conversation forward.
0: Kevin?
3: Um, mm. Chris, I'm going to ask you to draw on your experience um, as a sideline reporter. I know you're on the front lines of Donald Sterling and um, Doc's uh, a unique position as galvanizing that team post-Donald Sterling and how you think how he moves as, as we start to play basketball again with this shadow of, of, of the real
6: world um, over us. Well, Doc is obviously one of the most respected people in the NBA, not just as a coach, but as a man. And that was clear yesterday when Chris Paul asked Doc to speak to the players. Now, we know that Chris and Doc had their issues as player and coach with the Clippers, and even the way Chris forced his way out of there and to Houston uh, wasn't really great. But the fact that he asked Doc to speak to... The players showed how much he respected Doc. Of course, Doc was there as a player like them. Uh, Doc has been a coach. Doc is obviously close with the owner, so he can t- he knows that side as well. And Doc is, you know, in an interracial, had been in an interracial marriage, so he's dealt with racism on that front as well. So Doc is just uh, a great asset to the league and the players, And they all respect him so much. And then his speech the other night, I mean, that moved everyone who really is interested in seeing change and positive change in this country. Um, To see a man that accomplished, that strong, that powerful, who is the son of a police officer, to see him Mm -hmm. break down emotionally the way he did, I just think was a galvanizing thing for players, and that's one re- another reason they wanted him to speak.
0: Well, we're going to hear from Doc Rivers coming up in a little bit, but on the other side, we're going to take a turn, talk a little football. Tom Brady wasting no time making friends down there in Tampa. Brandon's going to tell you just how popular Tom Brady really is in that locker room More next. football. First things first. Welcome back, time for stories to start. Your morning sponsored by Ram Trucks, built to surf starting in Pittsburgh with Ben Ben. We haven't said that in a while. Ben Roethlisberger back at training camp after undergoing elbow surgery last year. Ben got our attention with this interesting statement, said, getting hit and calming the nerves are going to be big for me. Brandon, is getting hit something you have to almost relearn when you've been away from the game for a period of time?
2: Relearn? No, it's 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 every practice, it's every game. You have 250 pound men that runs 20 miles per hour, hitting you, play after play after play. Sometimes 70 times a game. I remember moments before going out to practice or games, I would put on my helmet, stand in front of the mirror, and just slap myself in the face just to be prepared John for that Henderson first style. point of contact. <laughs> Yeah, like we, we like no, this is a thing in the NFL. Guys, you, you gotta you gotta have a certain type of mentality to say, yeah, hit me. Run down the field 40 yards at 20 miles per hour and just run into people. No, I, I understand Big Ben here. And then also what he's saying here is like, hey, the last phase of rehab is the toughest one. We hear that all the time repairing a ligament repairing a muscle that's the easy part but actually getting through the the mental side of things the last phase like am I okay to go back to play am I confident enough can I take that first hit so what we're seeing is that classic uh, approach to entering back to play into full contact big big Ben will be fine he's a tough guy uh, but he definitely needs to get that first hit out the way if I'm big Ben just go in the mirror put on your helmet just slap yourself in the face and you'll be ready to roll
3: Are you hitting the face mask at that point? What do you, I don't get, are you, Yeah, face mask, you can go here. uh, When you put that helmet on and then you're hitting the face mask, you gotta get in there. It's not too much of a hit, you know, if it's the face mask. (laughs) Anyways, Nick, uh, I hate to say it. We probably owe an apology to one of the most creative minds in the NFL, Mr. Joe Judge, who you specifically took to task for uh, this quote, if we can run
1: it, go ahead. With quarterbacks, you want to go ahead and be calculated and how you start banging them around. Uh, I don't think we're going to throw him in any, you know, you know, Royal Rumbles or anything like that. But, you know, at some point, we'll pop his pads a little bit in a controlled environment. You know, maybe that's with, you know, a young guy who understands just kind of, you know, hitting him a little bit. But I'm not in a hurry to go ahead and just beat the hell out of him, Tom. But, you know, at some point, we'll prepare his body for what he may take in the first game. Nick, oh you got
5: to apologize. Nick, not jump in here,
2: please.
3: To the most creative mind
0: in the NFL. No, no. Go, Brandon. Oh, my
2: God, Brandon. Go. Oh, no, go. go ahead, Nick. No, go ahead, Nick. Uh, what, hold, okay. Okay. Nick, did you hear this guy? Prepare him. He's been playing football since <laughs> he's eight years old. <laughs> he's been getting hit
1: since he's Apologize. eight years old. It, what is this? It, 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 Apologize. I'm not apologizing to Joe Judge for anything. Joe, there's 32 teams in the league. Let's see how many of them take the red jersey off their quarterback before the season starts. Maybe Joe Judge is just the most brilliant trendsetter in football. But I won't talk about Joe Judge. I want to talk about Big Ben because I'm going to make a proclamation here. I think oh. Ben Roethlisberger could be the single most influential person on the football field this year. And here's why. Ooh. If Ben is excellent, the Steelers join the Ravens and the Chiefs as contenders in the AFC. They have a spectacular defense. They have one of the five best coaches in football. The question is, mm. what Ben are we getting? In 2014, Ben was absolutely spectacular. Now, you might say, why do I go back 2014? Because every year since then... He had 13 to 16 interceptions, and he he was a bit of a turnover machine. We didn't really talk about that that much because he was throwing for so many yards. But one of the reasons he was throwing for so many yards is they had to because he was turning the ball over. If Ben can recapture some of what he had in 2014 without the turnovers of the last few years, then it's not just the Steelers can be a contender; they could derail this Lamar Ravens train because only one team can win that division. No, Much no, less no, no, not my Lamar, beloved Lamar of to... <laughs> no, My My The Browns are Mason. No. No, you talking about Brandon? Oh, Jenna hated that team. He's take. going to derail the Chiefs. The Chiefs. What about <laughs> the Chiefs? <laughs> well, you got to do it in your, you got to do it in your division first. I'm talking about in your division first you, to win the division and contender. then you say contender. You say go contender there. when you when you throw the word yeah, contender, contender <laughs> out there. I'm thinking championship. Okay, you're correct, and you are also correct to think about uh, that. When I say chant, contender for the first team to think of, be the Chiefs. That is correct, as they're not only the defending champs, they're clearly the best team in the league. So smart take by you, but. I think right now most people look at the Chiefs and the Ravens as a cut above everybody else. If Ben is excellent. No, stop going back to the Ravens. I don't want to go
2: back to the Ravens. I want to stay, I want to stay with the Chiefs. Could this be the ultimate matchup? The Steelers and the Chiefs. Is this the only team that match up well
1: against the Chiefs? Oh, well, that's really interesting. You've thrown me a curveball there. They they might have the best defense in the AFC. (laughs) So Minka Fitzpatrick's awesome. They've got T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward. I, I still think the toughest matchup for Kansas City is Baltimore because of what Lamar can do. But again, that a lot of that is predicated on the fact that I don't think Big Ben is going to be good. If he is good coming off his first major injury of his career, he's Brandon. He's year seventeen. He's had major elbow surgery. Like I don't think you can Tom Brady's in year forty. I, yeah, I don't think he's gonna Wait, be good Tom either. Tom Brady's in year 40. I mean, welcome to the show, but he, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think Brady's gonna be good either. I mean, so I am consistent on Brady's this. I'm not I'm long. not too high on Brady. <laughs> year 40 for Tom Brady. So yeah, I one more. of the most I don't know how to respond. While you're fine. I just think Ben's one of the most interesting people in football this season. we, we I don't say I was, I was here like while Oh, a, you know, did, did oh yeah, I didn't know. Did we
3: lose Wilds? Did no, we lose No, I know we lost Jenna. Jenna. Jenna just bailed out. Jenna was listening to Nick's yeah. take, and she said, you know
1: what? I'm out. I'm out. She put the lens cap she's on She's out, the and lens. so I've got Inbound. Wilds, so I've got to do this. Oh, she's back. So listen. I'm oh, back. She, She's back, but I'm I don't back. know if she knows <laughs> it.
6: So, hold on. <laughs> Hey, guys, go ahead. Oh, you know. the
0: last thing I heard was someone said the Browns aren't going to win the division. And then I went to say something, and the whole thing went to black for me, and I just yep, yep. woke back we up again. you. So just so I'm clear. I think we're supposed okay. to talk. I just want to make sure I'm clear. Kyler here. No, we're going to move on, talk some Arizona. Yeah, let's talk Kyler Murray. He's coming off an impressive Rookie of the Year season, but his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, knows he's just getting started. Take a listen to this
5: i think he understands now the consistency with which you have to approach that position that he's in when you're the face of the franchise everything you do from your waking moment has to be about being the best you can be for that organization and and he knows that now i mean we can't have a bad day we go as he goes and and um I, i think that just watching his daily preparation the way he handles himself on the field, the body language communication with his teammates. He, he's made huge strides and, and he, he's been through it. I mean, last year, a lot of times it was survival mode. He was thrown right into it. There was nobody keeping the seat warm for him or to learn from anybody. Week one. I mean, he was the guy the moment he stepped in the, in the locker room and he gained a lot of respect for his teammates. So he handled that situation. And I expect him to uh, continue to progress this season.
0: I feel like Cliff Kingsbury should only do press conferences from that palatial Arizona state where he was That's covering the draft or he was part of the draft moving forward. Uh, Brandon, what are your expectations for Kyler in year two now?
2: Well, uh, initially when, when this topic was thrown on my desk, I was I wanted to praise this guy. I mean, his swagger is out of 10. He throws one of the most beautiful balls I've ever s- seen in my life. And I wanted to praise this guy. But I'm after hearing this again, I'm starting to think, is there trouble in paradise? Or is this guy wow. someone we may not know? He just talked about, think about what he said. He just said, now he's starting to get it. We can't have a bad day. We have to take these press conferences serious because coaches send messages, right? So I don't know if this is a guy that comes into the locker room one day, he's great. One day he's bad, but it's something for us to pay close attention to. I love him. I think he has huge upside. I would love to catch a ball, even if it's just in the backyard from him, but we need to take these comments
3: very serious well you just ruin unless you say nicer things brandon i don't think you're gonna get the invite i don't know if you're inviting him or he's inviting you but you gotta be nicer (laughs) if you want to bring him over to the backyard uh look i am treating kyler just like uh nick treats luca i've just i'm like you know what i'm going to pull for this guy without reservation and i was happy to see that some fantasy drafts have him as qb number one and i was like great These fantasy experts and old Kevin Wilds in the same boat, and I thought it was real love. It is not real love. It is fake love. Mary J. Blige does not approve. You know why they love Kyler Murray? Because they think Arizona's going to be behind all year. If you look at their schedule, they got this from Numberfire. Five favorites, eight close dogs, and this is my favorite stat. I will use it all the time. Two big dog under games. Two big dogs. So here I think that me in the fantasy uh, football world, All had real love for Kyler. Not true. They actually think the Cardinals are going to be terrible. So, Kyler, I am rooting for you. But paradoxically, I don't want you to put up big numbers because I want you to win games. I got Nick.
1: Yeah, I got the Cardinals. What you see on that schedule and then what you see on the schedule there is, and I don't know if we can quickly show it again, is the season does start off where they're in a decent position to get off to a good start, which is critically important because that is the toughest division in football. And as much as I love the draft pick of Isaiah Simmons to go along with Buda Baker, to go along with Patrick Peterson on defense, obviously the biggest acquisition anyone made this offseason, DeAndre Hopkins. Look at week six through 13. That is two games against Seattle, New England, Dallas. It's It's brutal in that spot. And I just... I feel like the Cardinals are a team where the hype train's going to get derailed a bit. I think they're more likely to finish last in the NFC West than first in the NFC West. And I, I just think they're in a brutal schedule for a young quarterback to be trying to Who do you them. like week one? Who do you like week one? Do you like, you like oh, them or San the San Francisco? San Francisco by double digits. All right. W- we got
0: two weeks to discuss what's happening in week one, but for now, we're going to head back to the NBA. Set to resume the playoffs. We'll break down what went down the last 24 hours next on First Things First.
1: They're going to have a hard time keeping Kyler upright in week one.
0: Back here at First Things First, and we now welcome in Yahoo! senior NBA writer Vincent Goodwill. Vinny, thanks for getting up, hanging out with us this morning. Such an historic time in the NBA. If you would, take us inside the last 48 hours in Orlando. I, I know you're not down there now, but but I know you're really locked in and dialed in. How did the players ultimately decide to continue to resume the playoffs this season?
5: Jenna, I think you initially have to go back to the situation that led to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, deciding to boycott. That was them going rogue. Everything that had been done largely to this point had been players being unified and being on one accord and everybody being bid in group texts or sort of unified conversations, and George Hill and everybody else in that Bucks locker room decided, hey, we're just not going to play today. You know, you you see the you saw the scene of them being in the locker room or not being in the locker room, but you saw the scene of Orlando being on the floor warming up. They had no clue of what was going on. Like so, when everything happened, I wound up getting texts from people with the Lakers saying, well, what are we supposed to do now because they've made this decision? Unilaterally. So when you take yeah. that emotion and you carry the emotion into the meeting that happened that night where the Lakers and Clippers were very vocal, Pat Beverly was really, really vocal, really emotional. Some people weren't even sure as far as where it was coming from and some of the uh, rhetoric that he said towards uh, executive director Michelle Roberts and, you know, sort of the Lakers and Clippers walking out of the room. And it's sort of being like the seasons in jeopardy here because LeBron James is such a critical part to this he was really vocal in and he was more so saying hey look what's the plan here and because there didn't seem to be a plan from the bucks who initiated everything there was the frustration was hey you've now put everybody in this bad position we understand your emotion we understand everything that happened in kenosha wisconsin and how you felt compelled to boycott this game but now this is reflective on everybody so once the emotions Uh, of that night settled down you come back the next day you have the meeting with the owners Michael Jordan was very involved uh, with a handful of the players uh, as far as being a conduit and once the emotions start to settle down once the players start to hear more immediate action from the owners because a lot of the things that we've heard has been over the next 10 years we're donating this amount of money over the next 10 years but these guys are still seeing dead bodies in the streets on videos or you know in the in the case uh, of Kenosha someone getting shots seven times so and from behind so I think they were looking for more immediate reaction more immediate whether it's legislature influence whatever and once the owners gave their word that hey we're going to do more in the immediate right now that's what led to the players being a lot more open towards coming back i don't know if there was ever necessarily any intention to directly leave but i do think there was some confusion and there was the openness to say hey you know what this isn't working right now
1: vinny when lebron and Kawhi and their teams most people b- would say the two best teams in basketball you know say we're not playing and leave i i Under, if there's such thing as normal circumstances, I would expect that to send massive shockwaves throughout the entire league. In that evening and into the next day, the sense I got from talking to people, and I'm curious if you got the same one, wasn't that guys thought they were bluffing, but they also didn't think the season was over? And if those guys leave, if the the Clippers and Lakers are out, the season's over. The NBA's not going to keep going without them. So it was your sense that even though that was a drastic measure by maybe the two most prominent teams in the league and maybe the two most prominent players in the league, that guys in the room thought, give them some, a few hours, like that they weren't surprised that by the next morning
5: they had softened their stance? Absolutely. I, I, and the one feeling that I had gotten initially was that, hey, LeBron is really – upset here, because you got to think, Nick, and we talk about it and we joke about it a lot. LeBron is the statesman of the NBA. Everything that happens through this period is going to be largely reflective upon him. You can argue that he's the and face of sports. something was done without him. Yep. And something was done, not only was something done without him, But if we know one thing about LeBron, LeBron thrives on order and in being calculated. Everything that he's done, whether it's being more than a vote and all these other initiatives that he's done, has been, you know, largely well thought out, well planned. It hasn't been impulsive. So when he saw something that's deemed an impulsive act whether it's out of emotion grief whatever the case may be i think he understood the emotion and the grief but he said okay if you're going to do this what's the next step because now is this not only just reflective on you know all 13 teams remaining but this is reflective on me and maybe he didn't say it reflective on me directly in that way but that was the emotion that was being conveyed so i do think he was very very serious and, and one thing that someone told me who was in the meeting he said look The Lakers and Clippers were sitting in the back. Of course, they were going to be the first ones to walk out of the room, you know, that type of thing. So a lot of this is like logistics (laughs) and everything else. But at the same time, we know the three faces of the league or the three faces in, in this bubble today are LeBron, Giannis, and Kawhi Leonard. And if any one of these three teams leaves this bubble for whatever reason outside of them losing a playoff series, it delegitimizes everything. And if LeBron walks out of this because he doesn't like whatever the the, the mode or, you know what I'm saying, the function is, then it certainly not only delegitimizes the process, but it also severely fractures the player-owner relationship. And that's why he was far more insistent on what the owner's going to do. He didn't have a problem with you know, necessarily from my understanding that the books wanted to do this he says okay what's the next step and there didn't appear to be a next step and that's what caused the walkout
2: wow vince great insight man i'm learning so much and i haven't heard it from this angle uh, let me ask you this lebron and the lakers Kawhi and the clippers how did they go from being the first teams to walk out and say we're not playing the only teams to walk out and say they're not playing to now Okay, and going back to play like what did they hear? What did they get that ensured them that it was safe to go back and they were fine with it?
5: Brandon, I think it was just emotions and tempers flaring in that moment of this is going to largely fall on us. So when you go back to your hotel room and you're talking to your advisors, your teammates, and you realize not necessarily what's at at stake, because I firmly believe that these guys have always known what's at stake if you look at it, LeBron has far more time behind him than he does in front of him as far as his NBA career. But one thing that these guys take great pride in is what are we leaving behind for the next generation? And largely to me, this is critical to saving the economic health of the league and the game itself, because I still believe that regardless of the player-owner relationship now, when all this is over, I do believe the owners are going to open up the collective bargaining agreement and try to get the money, back from the players that they did not get from the gate 40 percent of the league's revenue comes from attendance we don't know when fans will be allowed back into the arenas again and we know in terms of the court of public opinion that players never get the benefit of the doubt from the public when it comes to black labor white ownership we know how that story is going to go we can talk about the cause and effects and everything else but that is the simple fact and whether it's a pandemic whether it's uh the vestiges of racism and everything else we know how that's going to play in the public regardless of how the public feels about being entertained in the moment. So yeah, I do think that they took a step back and looked at the big picture. And once they figured out, okay, this is how we move forward in this, we are a revert, not reversing course, but we're taking a detour from what this initial plan is. And now we're going to reconvene with the owners. They talked to Michael Jordan yesterday. There was a handful of players, at least two players on every team remaining team on a call yesterday around, I think around five o'clock with every remaining owner, along with Adam Silver, along with Michael Jordan, and they were starting to hammer some of these things about how to move forward.
2: Why Michael Jordan? Vince,
3: oh, go ahead, Brandon. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, Wilds. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Vince, in in previous years, um, we've seen LeBron you know get off of social media because he wants his entire focus on the playoffs and that's what he needs to um, perform at the highest level and that's impossible now and we also heard Paul George the other day say the bubble has gotten to me the mental health of it it's what do you can you get a sense of when the ball tips off what the games are going to look and feel like with so much uh,
5: on the heels of such an emotional and stressful few days? Kevin, I'm not sure if you had high expectations going into this bubble, but I did not. And the quality of basketball that I've seen, the the eye-popping numbers, yeah, we can talk about bad defense and everything else, but the quality of the basketball has been great. And I think this has underscored the level of mental concentration that the players have had to dedicate to all of this in this moment where you have to dedicate all of this, all of your basketball sense in this 48-minute period to put together, you know, to play high-quality, playoff-level basketball. You know, you didn't really have time to really warm up and get your body back into it, but we've seen entertaining basketball to this point. And then once the buzzer goes off, you're back to life. You're back to reality. You're in this restricted environment. You really have no, like, feeling on how the outside world is being affected by what you're saying, what you're doing, the Black Lives Matter on the shirts and and on on the shirts and some of the sayings on the back of the jerseys. You don't really have a gauge for how these things are affecting you guys or how the things are affecting the outside world. It's taken a lot of mental concentration for these guys. And I think this was kind of, I won't say the players broke, but I will say that we got a window in the past couple of days as to how stressful this environment has been out of, out of the three major sports, and in, not including hockey, they have the most restrictive environment. Baseball and, and football, they can at least go home to their families. They're not in a quote-unquote mm-hmm. bubble. So while I won't say I, I know exactly how they're going to play moving forward, because you took a, a big mental pause, I would say that I have no reason to believe that there won't be a higher quality of basketball like we've seen over the past month or so.
0: Well, of course, yeah, Vince, and at a time you, yeah. where they should be really just focused. Uh, uh, go ahead, Brandon. I know you wanted to jump in there. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I just want to get to Michael Jordan because I find it interesting uh, that we have a guy that's standing in the, in the gap right now, bridging it be, you know, from the player to the owners uh, in a significant role. Um, And this is a Michael Jordan's been a guy that shied away from this type of moment or shied. I wouldn't even say shied away, but has never really embraced the politics and the social uh, movement around sports and and culture. So uh, what are you hearing from the guys uh, as far as Michael Jordan being that person to stand in the gap?
5: Well, he's the chair of the Labor Relations Committee, so that's just part of his title and the role that he's accepted. And also, he has relationships with Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, all these other guys, you know, that basically because of Jordan brand. And also, Michael Jordan still thinks of himself more as a player than he does as an owner. I think we've seen that over the past few months, the way his competitive juices are. And he knows the health of the future of this league is critical to how this is going to work over the next couple of months, or the next month.
0: Vinny, it's great to have you this morning. Thanks for getting up. Always great insight. Great Appreciate job. Appreciate your time today.
1: Room Hopefully Raider gives you zero. Team. We gotta out of take 10, a break. Put something on those walls, though. <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> on the other side, do the Blazers have any chance whatsoever against the Lakers with no dame? First things first. Tomorrow, big night of boxing on Fox as Landy Lara defends his super welterweight world title against Greg Vendetti. The action begins at 8 Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. We're back here with Chris Broussard talking Blazers-Lakers game five. Originally scheduled for Wednesday will likely take place tomorrow. For the Blazers, they'll have to try to do the impossible. Without Damien Lillard. Lillard posting this on Instagram saying, dislocated finger, lateral knee sprain, but this is good for the soul. Missed my baby boy. Broussard, it's good to see Dame's in good spirits. Been a roller coaster of a bubble ride for him. This is a series uh, as good as over, I would say, for the Portland Trailblazers at this point, especially without Dame Lillard. Would you agree? It's not
6: as good as over. It is over. I mean point blank. And look, even oh, with a healthy
0: game.
6: Even with a healthy Dame, Portland was not going to win this series. But now that he's out of the bubble, they're down 3-1. Uh look, with all due respect to CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony, Jusuf Nurkic, all these guys, I wouldn't be surprised if they've already brought it in and done the 1 2 3 Cancun. I mean, this is they're going to have to fight against (laughs) human nature. Look, we know the bubble has mentally been tough on all of these guys. And so now that you're down 3-1 without your best player, they are really going to have to fight hard to avoid the natural human instinct to kind of wrap it up. And so I think it's going to be tough for them to bring their A game. And even if they do bring their A game without Dame, it's just not going to be enough. They're done.
1: And listen, I, I would go, I, I'm going to talk about this from the Lakers' perspective, Wilds, which is, what is the path I was rooting for for the Lakers? The toughest possible path, right? That's true. And part of that was rooting for Portland to prepare them for Houston. Now, Houston all of a sudden has its hands full with OKC, but I still believe Houston is going to win that series. And I do think there's an element for the Lakers that this is bad for them. if Dame played or not Hmm. they were not blowing a 3-1 lead but think about the circumstances now Wednesday's game was oh I'm sorry when 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 did they last play Monday they last played Monday Monday's game was over what midway through the second quarter so they they don't even have to be locked in for a full 48 Monday then Wednesday's game gets delayed they're not gonna actually play until probably Saturday as Jenna mentioned at the earliest that they are going to be able to go through the motions entirely and win that game then they'll have a few more days off to get ready because Houston and OKC is going to go longer and all of a sudden they might be back in a situation like they were in game one against Portland where they've throttled down a bit where like they're not as sharp for game one of the next series because it's it's almost human nature Kevin to take this game with no dame up 3-1 on a team you just whooped it to, to, you know, lower your guard a bit. So, I no, there's no chance the Blazers win this series or win game five, but I do think that, oddly, it actually wow. is not the best prep for what they have coming up against Houston in, or in the next round.
3: Yeah, I you know that was one of it. the theories on why the uh, why the Bucs lost to the Magic. When the Bucks looked across the court and said, ah, oh, no, Aaron Gordon will really end up losing. So I could see the Blazers having a competitive game. For me, it's win-win. <laughs> if it's competitive, I'd say, great. We get to Broussard, your, your pick of Lakers in six is okay. It won't, be, it won't be Lakers in five. You win. The other thing, if they lose, I want this. First of all, I want Melo to do whatever he wants. But if I could make a recommendation to Melo. Melo, come on back to New York. Come on back to New York. Oh, New York? You get us to the playoffs, oh. you can mentor, you what? can mentor the young team, and we can give you your flowers. Here's Melo. He can still play and contribute to a playoff team. He averaged 15 points, six rebounds, shot 42%, 38% from three. The Knicks have the youngest, fifth youngest team, a little bit under 25. So he can mentor those guys, which we saw him do with Gabriel when he was mic'd up. Take a listen.
2: Play hard. Listen, play hard as hard as you can. The minutes that you get, do anything you can
3: do. That's exactly what I want to see. And this is the last time he was (laughs) in the garden. Played great. It's always a perfect part in sports, Broussard, when the visiting player starts getting cheers. He played fantastic. So I hope the Blazers win. But if they lose, I'd like to see Melo suit up in a Knicks uniform. And who was his old agent, Broussard? Do you remember First, who his old agent? Uh, uh, Leon yeah, Rose. Well, Leon you Rose, who is was the president of the Knicks. So I don't even Chris know if it's Paul, considered back, tampering it's if you just text your buddy.
0: Perfectly. Oh, I know. I so, sure Brandon? Though, hold
1: on, Chris Brandon. Brandon, you said we're missing it. What, what are we? What are we missing? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just sitting back, listening to you
2: guys, and, and it and it baffles me that how far off you are. Collectively, and oh. I'm throwing Jenna oh. in here as well, because I'm sure she's, I'm, I'm sure, sure her take wrong. is that it's over. Yeah, I'm throwing her in there as well. I said it's collectively, good over. Collectively, you by guys the have way, been guys. covered. Oh, okay. <laughs> Correct. You guys have been covering sports for, like, collectively over 100 years. And if you guys no, know anything, you guys sick, know huh? the Not emotional <laughs> toil. Toil on some players and some teams. These guys were the ones that walked out of the meeting. Do they even want to be here? Right? Like, to me, I think they're going to play well. But do they have a chance? Absolutely. The Portland Trail Blazers, they're looking at this as an opportunity for them to steal a game. Now, will they win the series? Probably not. But you got to think about this restart, restart for LeBron James and his team that walked out, said, we don't want to
1: continue anymore. So, of course, they have a chance. Guys? All right, listen, I I get that take, and I respect it, but I'm coming from a perspective. I thought the Blazers had no chance if Dame was playing, and I do think Broussard's point that... Do these guys really want to extend their stay in the bubble by a couple of days? They thought they were getting to go home Thursday morning. Then the whole world stops, and now it's like, wait, we got to stay here even more days? I don't even know if they're incentivized for it. But, Broussard, I want to ask you something. Because one thing for the Lakers that, A, maybe Rondo gets back on the court because his hand's better and he was dealing with back spasms. But the other thing that's been interesting to me is, now listen, I advocated they sign Jr. over Dion months ago before the pandemic hit. They ended up signing Dion. They, they get Jr. only once Avery opts out and Rondo gets hurt. The way they have just decided, after it didn't look like this in the seeding games, that Jr. is ahead of Dion in the rotation, that Dion is basically the you know a man that only plays in blowouts, has been really surprising to me because he did add, even though he stresses me out, a little scoring punch off the bench. Like mm-hmm. I do think Vogel hasn't quite figured out what his playoff rotation is yet. And again, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that in a game. I expect you to be winning by double digits throughout. But to me, that's something the Lakers need to work on, Bruce. Art.
6: No, I agree. I I definitely don't think their full rotation is set. And then, like you said, you've got Rondo coming into the mix at some point soon. I, I, I was not surprised he went to JR just because they were so desperate for shooting. And as up and down and inconsistent as JR is, He is a better shooter than Deion Waiters. Deion is more of a playmaker. He'll score off off the dribble and things like that. But Jr., we all know, and I I even said it as lukewarm as I was on the signing, I said, look, he'll have a moment or two, you know, where he gets hot. That's right. And he, he hits threes. That's what he does. And I think that's what Frank Vogel was searching for. So you, you're right. I mean, this I I don't I don't see Portland putting up a fight. I, I know what Brandon said, but they're oh done. They're gone, and I don't know if JR Brandon, will let's get just to. For really for the record, you know,
0: play with. They're as good as go done, on. not done. W- w- we got to go, <laughs> Broussard. Thank That's you so much for hanging out with us today. our years. top story done again this morning. Been the for 100 years. Broussard to resume the Bruchard's playoffs. Broussard's been covering the Back league since this. the turned
6: <laughs> We're aging every, day? I'm sure. every show, I'm getting
0: older. <laughs> the NBA players have reached a decision to resume the NBA playoffs. There was doubt earlier this week after the Milwaukee Bucks boycotted Game 5. That in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake by police in their home state of Wisconsin. The NBA then canceled the rest of Wednesday and Thursday schedule. But yesterday, the players voted. There will be postseason basketball after all. Nick, what was your reaction to how all of yesterday unfolded?
1: Listen, I, as a basketball fan, uh, I'm obviously happy. The, the, 2020's been hell, and I've been one of the lucky ones. I haven't lost a job, I haven't lost a loved one to COVID, and the, the level of stress and anxiety and sadness that I have felt on a day-to-day basis has still been unlike any year in my life so I can only imagine what it's been like for people that have suffered real traumas this year and basketball is an escape sports are an escape so I I'm glad that NBA players are going to get continue to give us this gift of maybe being able to enjoy something for a few hours each night so so that was my primary reaction my secondary reaction is uh, you, you want to push back against folks, even though the vast majority of them are arguing in bad faith anyway. Who say, "Well, this was pointless," and it was absolutely not pointless. Without the NBA stepping away, people don't hear Brandon Marshall's story of trying to get into his new house and having the cops called on him. For what, if it me- meant anything to people, people didn't hear, my, wouldn't have heard my story about going through life with my kind of i don't want to say peculiar but unique family dynamic the ravens wouldn't have released call to actions for politicians as far as ending qualified immunity arresting the police that killed brianna taylor while she was sleeping in her bed like th- that those are real things that happened and and now i do believe the nba players want to take it a step further brandon i think that they they have done their part in filling up the awareness bucket, of filling up the bucket as far as making people know, people who have the ability to have empathy and have a conscience and care about others, to know what a problem this is, and now the NBA players are trying to use their power, which is somewhat limited, to lean on the folks who have real power to start filling up the change bucket, meaning, like, okay, now that every, now that we have a critical mass of people who agree this is an issue, we need a critical mass of influential people to get a critical mass of politicians to actually affect some real change. So we've helped create the awareness. Now you help create the change. But it, that is going to be an ongoing process. Whether or not they went back to playing basketball, so going back to playing basketball can assist them, Brandon, in being able to continue to fill up. The awareness side of the equation, but as you've said many times, they Brandon, I'll echo it. This ain't their job. These are these are yeah. guys. All of the the whole NBA is my age or younger. They they are professional athletes. Yeah. They 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 didn't sign up for this responsibility. It was thrust upon them, and so now they are trying to push it back to the folks whose job this actually is, Brandon. Correct. I mean, we've been seeing
2: this since day one. Uh, Sports, entertainment has always been a place to escape for us. It's always been a distraction for us. And I think that's the challenge for a lot of these athletes, uh, almost feeling guilty that they're playing basketball, they're playing baseball, they're playing tennis uh, while people are being gunned down, black people are being gunned down in the streets. So I think that is the challenge. But for me, as a fan, I am relieved that we are going back for this reason exactly what you said it's not their job now is it their responsibility to be uh responsible with their platform and use their voice 100% but it's not their job we have congressmen we have congresswomen we have men and women just being paid to do this right so i understand what they want to do but i just don't want them to carry the load by themselves now i think about the storylines around the bubble as well when, when, when this broke, that they were going back. I thought about LeBron James. I thought about years ago when LeBron James or the people around him were saying he wanted to be this Muhammad Ali figure. He wanted to be this global icon. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, can he possibly be the best athlete ever? Yes. It's, can he be the best basketball player ever? Definitely. But to be Muhammad Ali, I, I just didn't see it. And a couple nights ago... I thought was a defining moment for LeBron James he walked he stood up and walked out said I'm not playing and to me I said wow this is a guy who is chasing rings this is a guy who definitely wants to leave his footprint on the NBA saying that I am the best NBA player ever and he's willing to walk away from what I believe is the easiest path to one of his championships. And that meant a lot to me. And that also reminded me of that conversation years ago about him wanting to be Muhammad Ali. I truly believe the work that LeBron James has been doing off the court for years is now on full display. And he is standing right beside Muhammad Ali as one of those global icons that provoke change in society. Hats off to LeBron James. You are there, man. Proud of you.
3: Um. Nick, I want your reaction to what Brandon said about LeBron because obviously you're one of the best um, uh, commentators on LeBron's impact not only in sports but off the court as well. I just wanted to outline a few tangible results that we've seen already from not only the NBA drawing attention to the issue of police brutality but Kaepernick as well changed the tenor of this country and of course Kaepernick built on the work of John Carlos and people like Bill Russell and Elgin Baylor and the list goes on. So to anyone who says, I don't know, I don't know what this is going to accomplish. There's been tangible accomplishments already. And this is just a few. Yep. Sacramento City Council approved an inspector general to investigate police misconduct. Washington DC passed legislation that bans the uh, hiring of officers accused of misconduct. New York launched a database about uh, police discipline cases. Utah's governors banned on chokeholds. Olympia Washington now dispatches uh, crisis prevention officers rather than police officers Instead to of nonviolent gosh. places. And we know there are, there's still work to be done, of course, legislatively. And we know there's the, a ban on no-knock raids and the end of qualified immunity. But there's also, and we're on the doorsteps of, of history right here, and we don't know how it's going to play out. When, when, when my son is watching the NBA game and he said, Dad, why does it say I am a man on their jersey? Why does it say education reform? Why did it say your say name? And we had these discussions. You don't know who my son is going to grow up to be. He's six years old. We don't know the effects, the ripple effects of the change that is happening when you're on the doorstep of history won't play out for decades to come. Because although, Nick, like you said, these NBA players are largely young, my son is six and eight, and they're seeing yeah. this, and they're going to grow up in a world that is better and different because of the actions that the players are taking today.
1: And, and there's, Jenna, there's two points I, I, I want to make before we move on to Doc. One is, I will respond to Brand's point, but one is I want to say something about Kevin Wilds. There's, there, of the four people on this set, Wilds is the one who would have, I don't want to say excuse, but the reason to be most kind of blind to this. Everyone else, either their family or themselves, is is in a community that does not have its full-fledged rights acknowledged by everyone around us, by the nation as a whole, whether it's Jenna, Brandon, or myself. Wilds isn't. And the fact that Wilds gets this emotional, and it means this much to him that his child grows up in a better world, it means the world. It is so important, and I love you for it, man. And I appreciate it for you. And I think it's—I think that is what really helps affect change. To Brandon's point on Ali, I—I yeah. I don't think people know history that well, so I don't know if people really know the full circumstances of Ali. The Ali figure, in to me, in today's athletic world, is Cap, because both of them had what they loved taken from them when they didn't want it to be. Ali did not want to be a martyr, but the the government was trying to essentially unjustly send him to war when someone in Ali's position never got sent to war. They were doing that to shut him up, and because of that, he had three years stolen from him. Cap wanted to make a peaceful political statement four years ago, a couple Mm -hmm. days ago. You know, the anniversary was a couple days ago, and he had his career stolen from him. And so to me, Ali and Cap are the more, like... Because LeBron hasn't yet had to sacrifice. And you would hope that he doesn't ever have to give a major sacrifice as far as professionally. LeBron, though, is changing the narrative in a different way about what an athlete can be. Go ahead, Brandon. I disagree. You know, as a player,
2: we know when we speak on politics, we know this as media members. We don't speak on race. We don't speak on politics. We don't speak on these things. Right. That's why yesterday was so emotional and tough for not only us on our show, but everyone on CNN, on ESPN, on ABC. Sure. Like, it was tough for everyone because we're trained not to talk about these things. Why? Because we know the ramifications oh. of it. We've seen players he's lose de- jobs. Definitely. We've seen players lose. So so I disagree now. But I do
1: he's agree made himself that cap... a target. It... He, he he's made himself. Sorry to interrupt, but he's made himself a target. The easy path is the path of least resistance, to not stake out a strong side on these hot-button issues because we're so broken as a nation that things like racial justice are hot-button issues. But the point I'm trying to make about LeBron is I think LeBron is not going to be remembered as the next Ali. I think he's going to be remembered as the first LeBron. Because he is changing the way we look at what athletes can do, not only within their communities, opening a school, but within becoming, he is one of the most powerful people, not athletes, one of the most powerful people in the world. He sees the lines at the voting centers in Georgia a few months ago, and all of a sudden, the more-than-a-vote initiative comes, and they're paying off fines of folks in Florida (laughs) who essentially have a modern-day poll tax on them. So, like, I I just, I think LeBron's, much like Wild's your point, you can't see the full ramifications of history when you're in it. You can't see the full ramifications of what LeBron is doing while he's doing it. It is, it's not just your six-year-old son who sees the jersey, it's what will Amani Bates feel his responsibility this, this, is if he gets this platform? Right. What will the next athletes feel, Brandon, they are able to do when they have this type of platform? That's the question. The, that's right, that's right, and that's why, that's
2: why I've always approached these situations, even back in 2016 when Cap took the, that knee, I always, I, t- I approached it with a smile on my face. And some people didn't understand why. And what I was trying to say to people then and what I'm saying to people now is that for us to get true change, we need to have these moments, right? Like, it's not just going to be these sweet moments where it's like, oh, yeah, now we have changed. No, it's going to be tough, and then you'll get there.
0: Look, the conversation isn't over just because the boycott is over, and we learned that this week. Have a great weekend, everyone.